This is Pathways. I'm Randy Rutkowitz, and today we're talking with Dr. Karen Fortman. Dr. Fortman received her undergraduate degree in biology with an emphasis in cell and molecular biology, as well as a minor in social and behavioral psychology from San Diego State University. She earned her master's and PhD degrees in biochemistry from the University of California at San Diego, where she characterized a Degron in I kappa B alpha at the molecular and functional levels in the context of NF kappa B signaling. From there, she did a two-year postdoc at White Labs. Yes, fellow homebrewers, that White Labs. Actually, she was the first postdoc in White Labs history. Dr. Fortman's currently a senior scientist at White Labs, where she's using her molecular biology and biochemistry background to analyze her yeast strains as related to the manufacturing process, as well as design assays to identify yeast strains and potential contaminants. How do you go from studying a Degron in ICAPA B alpha to being a senior scientist in a company that manufactures yeast strains for home brewers and breweries of all sizes? Let's find out. Karen, welcome to Pathways. Thank you so much. So I can see that you have your White Labs logo on. That's very good. That's very important to, to have. So you are a senior scientist. Could you give me a, a synopsis of what a typical day for you looks like? I would say there's not really a typical day. Um, my day is kind of parceled out into a couple different areas. Um, I work on basic research, so studying fermentation and um, yeast and fermentation. And then I also work on applied science. So trying to figure out how to make better propagations, better yeast for our consumers. Um, I also am very active in our educational aspect of the company. Um, so we have uh, workshops that we offer across the, the United States. Um, actually, we also do a couple internationally. Um, and being able to help teach those as well as curate content for those classes is um, another way that I, I spend my day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know you have a... a pretty good background in teaching and it's been over years, probably even before you were involved with White Labs. Now, here's the deal. So as, as I know your background, so your doctorate's in biochemistry and you worked on NF-kappa-B or I-kappa-B alpha in 3T3 cells. How did you get involved in yeast? I mean, 3T3 cells are mouse cells, they're not yeast. Correct. Um, so I did 3T3 cells as well as non-immortalized cells. Um, so I also worked with um, uh, meth cells from mice. Um, and since mouse embryonic fibroblasts, uh, you actually have to kill the embryos of mice, um, it got pretty difficult over time. And I decided I wanted to not do anything with living organisms um, that looked cute. So I switched to Saccharomyces cerevisiae, which some might say Saccharomyces cerevisiae is cute if you look at it underneath the microscope, but I'm gonna fight them on that one. A strain, alpha strain. Actually, I did a lab rotation in the East Genetics Lab, so that was kind of fun <laughs> for me, uh, learning molecular biology hands-on when we used to do cesium chloride gradients to purify plasmids, which was fun. Uh, in the old, they didn't have chiagen kits and things like that at that time. Yeah, the hard way. <laughs> the hard way, the old, the old way. So you've been in this position for 
I guess, a couple of years or a few, uh, actually a few years now, and, and you, but you went as a postdoc. How did you find this position? I know Dr. White also went to UCSD and got his PhD there, but, but how did you find out about this opportunity to be the first postdoc at White Labs? It was pretty serendipitous. Um, during one of my committee meetings, I had mentioned that I was um, leaning more towards industry rather than academia. And um, I want to say it was during my fourth year. Um, and one of my committee members was Betsy Comavez. And she was Chris White's PI um, back in the day. And she had remembered that. And during one of my last committee meetings, um, we were talking about what the future held for me. And I had mentioned that I uh, applied to a couple of industrial postdoc positions and that I was waiting to hear back. And um, Betsy asked me, had I thought about looking at the beer industry? And I said, no, I didn't even know that was an option. Um, so she asked me to hand over my CV and I did. And next thing you know, I was getting interviewed by White Labs, um, which was awesome. They didn't have anything posted, um, but they, it was something that they had been thinking about for, I guess, a couple of years. Um, Chris really has his roots in, um, academia and he he missed that basic research aspect and he knew that once his company got big enough that he would want to continue to do some basic research. Um, so I started as a postdoc, first postdoc um, in July of 2014. So just a couple of months, I think uh, just one month actually, um, after I defended in May of 2014. Really, I guess, when you have the serendipity, a number of folks that I speak with, when they're in areas that are different than they ever anticipated, it's just pure luck. It's who you know and that networking aspect that's really been very, very helpful to them. And, and clearly that's, that happened for you as well. Yeah, I would say networking is something that I... I really underestimated as um, an undergraduate. And then uh, once I got into grad school, I, I really saw the benefit of networking and I wish I would have done it more starting as an undergrad because um, the bigger your network is, the more that you can kind of rely on, on your colleagues and, and people in your network to not necessarily keep an eye or ear out for you, um, but, when you find a position that you want, if there's somebody that works at the, that company, there's a possibility that they can give you kind of a boost in, in, um, in your chances of getting into that company or into that role. Let's go back to the very beginning. Have you always been uh, really interested in science? I guess I like to ask my guests, when were you bitten by the science bug? Ooh, I was bitten by the science bug pretty young. Um, I went into, I guess, in high school and throughout the first two years of undergrad, I thought I was going to be um, a medical doctor. And so I started out as pre-med and, and throughout high school, made sure that I did kind of um, uh, volunteer work that would have gotten me into that medical um, background and role. Uh, I ended up taking my first biochemistry class in my sophomore year of undergrad, and I absolutely loved it. I fell in love with biochemistry. I thought it was so interesting to know how our bodies work, as well as just all living um, organisms work. Um, and at that point, I was very fortunate that my 
undergraduate biochemistry professor was a new professor. Um, and he was very willing to take me in as an undergraduate researcher. And he took me in as an undergraduate researcher in a great way in the, in the sense that I wasn't just making buffers and washing dishes, um, how a lot of undergraduate researchers start out, but I was actually doing science and um, act, actually was able to get a publication out as an undergrad, um, which is pretty hard to do um, if you're in, in the bigger labs or um, at some of the bigger research institutions. Uh, at that point, I realized that I enjoyed what I was doing in the lab and and um, I was able to get a fellowship to work in a lab for my last two years of um, undergrad. And the fellowship was amazing in the fact that they also helped me um, apply to grad schools. And they had a, a, a great um, uh, set of counselors that helped me um, figure out where to apply, how to apply. Um, I got GRE prep courses included through this fellowship. Um, it was a, an amazing experience, and that's how I ended up at UCSD. Those types of experiences, you have people taking you under your wing, that's really critically important, and it, they can show you directions that you didn't even know you could take, and I, especially the GRE prep, I really like that as, as well. Although now, I could tell you that a lot of schools don't even require GREs, and so all of us who had to do that, <laughs> But what about your family? Do you have any scientists in your family or medical backgrounds that would have helped foster your interest in science? Um, no. So I am the daughter of a, a naval um, uh, officer as well as a Mexican immigrant. And my mom um, is Mexican and she only got a high school education, really um, wanted to, to foster the best things for us and, and worked her butt off in order to make that happen. My dad was gone a lot because he was on submarines. So um, he was gone at nine months at a four, nine months at a time. Um, and they were both very good at fostering the um, inquisitive aspect of, of my nature as well as my sister's natures. Um, but no real scientist to like look up to within the family. Um, my dad uh, did nuclear engineering um, at, in the submarines, but he didn't go the traditional route of getting a four-year degree and working through there. It was through the Navy and, and really a hands-on um, experience. Um, so when I started taking physics, he, he tried to uh, one-up me on my physics level, but I, I think I beat him out. <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting. My, my brother-in-law was on submarines as well, uh, and he just thought they were the most interesting uh, things to be part of. So when so you had all this help in terms of guidance in getting you from undergraduate to graduate school. So when you entered graduate school, say day one, so after your master's, say you're, you started your PhD, what did you see as your career goal? At the beginning of my graduate career, I really thought that I was gonna go into academia. I love teaching. Um, it is really one of my biggest pa passions, especially teaching science, because there are so many people that have, um, I mean, 
not to throw people under the bus, but bad teachers um, as undergrads or as high school students. Um, and they go into thinking that science is super hard and um, just non-attainable for them. But for the most part, it's because they have teachers that are just trying to make them memorize things and not actually understand what's going on. Um, and so I, I mean, if I'm being honest, I could still see myself going into academia at some point, just not a traditional route of um, having a lab and doing my own research. I would want to be more, more lecture based um, because I do really enjoy that, that teaching aspect. Um, about halfway through my grad career, I realized that I hated writing grants. Um, and so that's really when I figured out that academia wasn't going to work for me. I also um, saw a lot of the professors around me um, do amazing research, but have uh, not the best work-life balance. And I knew that I wanted to have a family um, and that that wasn't the, the right career path for me. I also knew that I wanted to stay in San Diego. Um, I was born and raised in San Diego, and that might be um, very naive of me to never want to leave San Diego. I love to travel, but I know that San Diego is home. Um, and with institutions like UCSD, I would have to really um, bust my butt in order to get a, a professorship there. Um, and I, I knew that just wasn't really the route for me to take. So that's when I started looking at industries. Um, and while there are quite a, as a scientist, there still is that, that necessity to bust your butt. Um, it's definitely not, I don't have eight to eight hours in the lab anymore, which is really, really nice. Everybody needs to find what they're happiest at based on what their life's priorities are. And I can guarantee you that people aren't gonna be, who are listening to this are gonna say, oh gosh, I feel bad for her, she lives in San Diego. It's a great place, it's a great place. So you, you talked about academia and that was really things you wanted to do, but let's say, for example, because you talked about the, op, the opportunity from uh, Chris White's uh, major professor who's on your committee who kind of helped uh, pave the path for you to, for White Labs, but let's say that that opportunity didn't present itself. You'd said you were, looking at potential postdocs in industry. What kind of positions were those? Were these the non-animal type of uh, positions that you were uh, uh, so talking about? Actually, so unfortunately, I actually did get a, uh, a offer from a very large um, pharma company here in San Diego, um, but they really liked my experience with um, mammalian cells, and so it would have been animal-based. Um, and because it is a very large pharma, I had actually a friend that worked there and they had mentioned that their work-life balance um, was definitely not balanced, that it was a lot of work at that point. Um, so while I was excited because I had that opportunity and it was a very well-paying postdoc, um, I was also very excited when I received the offer from White Labs. Um, and it was significantly less than what the, the large pharma was offering, but um, that kind of happiness aspect of not having to, to do um, anything with mouse models really uh, weighed out that option for me. Let's get back to what you're doing now. So we, you mentioned that no days is typical for you. 
And you mentioned that you really like the aspect of being able to teach where you go from place to place and get to talk to folks uh, about science in ter terms of yeast science and things like that. Maybe you could tell us some other things that you really like about uh, what you do at White Labs. Um, I really love the camaraderie of this industry. Um, this industry, it, I wouldn't want to say that it's not focused in science because it really very much is. Um, brewing is kind of a, a mix between chemistry, biology, engineering, and I guess art. Um, it's a, a really cool way to utilize science and understand um, what's actually going on all the when you get when you go through biochemistry and they teach you the Krebs cycle for instance um, That is so easy to kind of just overlook but then once you realize that the Krebs cycle is how yeast undergo um, aerobic respiration and when you kind of tilt them towards um, anaerobic fermentation and, and that's how you get alcohol it it makes studying biochemistry more fun. Um, so I like that aspect of, of this industry. I also really like the uh, work-life balance of um, my job. I am very fortunate in the fact that um, when I came back from maternity leave, my boss was very nice and said, you know, come in early, um, leave early, just put in your hours, make sure you're getting your projects done and whatnot. Um, but uh, I'm really able to set my own schedule and nobody's breathing down my back. Um, I would say that certain things that I don't like about this industry is we're no longer curing cancer. So um, getting funding is a lot harder if, if even um, available at all. Um, so everything is um, privately funded through White Labs, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, um, but because this is a relatively new um, section of the company kind of budgeting things out correctly is um is something that uh i guess getting funding is always a little bit harder um also i was in a very well-funded lab as a graduate student um so any piece of equipment that we wanted any reagent that we wanted we were able to get um no questions asked almost and that's just not the case here. I'm really excited. I'm actually getting a really nice brand new plate reader at the end of the month. Um, but I've been asking for this plate reader for two years now. So um, little things like that. There's there's always um, the yin with the yang, right? Oh yeah. So it's like a little um, like a little Lysa plate reader. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Are you, are, as you're doing research there, are, are you planning on publishing your work there? Yeah, um, so I was actually involved in the paper that was published in 2016 um, that we uh, put out um, regarding the sequencing of 157 Saccharomyces cerevisiae genomes. Um, I, it, the work was completed pretty much right when I got or not completed, but um, a majority of the work was completed right when I got hired. So I kind of missed the publishing or the the um, publication aspect of it. Um, but I'm very, I'm still very proud of that paper. Um, and I, I think that um, 
we'll continue to publish and, and make sure that our research is able to be shared. Um, the applied science aspect is a little bit harder to publish on because that is um, kind of more IP driven, not necessarily that um, we have a patent on it, but um, it is, it is uh, kind of work that we've done to make sure that our manufacturing processes are tip top and um, we can't always publish on that that information, but um, that's just how an industrial type position works. Right, right. And having spent time in, in industry when I, before I went to graduate school, I could totally appreciate that. As I can see, full genome sequencing of yeast, and you think about using CRISPR now to be able to play around with some of the things, uh, I suppose that's something that uh, you and others are, are looking at as well. So White Labs currently isn't doing any genetic modification. Um, one, because it is really hard to keep that IP, um, but also because our consumers aren't really interested so much in that aspect. There is a really cool company that just started in, um, in Berkeley called Berkeley Brewing Science. Um, and that's kind of their whole MO is going, um, taking yeast and genetically modifying them um, and being open and the fact that it's genetically modified, um, but they're making these genetic modifications and trying to put them into different beers. So there are a couple of breweries that I believe they've already been working with um, that are making beer with genetically modified yeast, which is kind of crazy. That's, uh, that's cool. Yeah, it's very, very interesting. So I learned about you through Brew Your Own Magazine, which I got from my wife as a birthday gift when I went back to, to brewing beer, this time doing all grain. <laughs> and, and you wrote an article in the prior issue. We're, we're talking right now in June 2019, uh, but the prior issue of, of BYO Magazine came out and you, you wrote an article on yeast. Could you tell us a little bit about how you got that gig and what you thought about it? Um, I was approached by BYO, um, and they had asked, you know, as a, a scientist at White Labs, would you be willing to write, um, an article about yeast trials? Um, and I told them yes. And it was, it was fun. It was interesting. That was kind of my first, um, article whereby I was talking about science to non, or at least presumably non-scientists. I know a lot of homebrewers are scientists and um, actually have very sophisticated brew houses as well. Some that would make some nano breweries um, blush at how nice they were. Uh, but I, I kind of went into a, to writing that article with the mindset that I was writing to like my grandma, um, someone who wouldn't necessarily have the, the science background, um, even though they had the passion for brewing. I'm sure someone in the audience is going to want it would want to know. So I'll just ask it. What's your favorite beer? What style? It changes seasonality or with the seasons. Um, so uh, I would say right now I'm really enjoying Pilsners, um, which is kind of crazy because I remember when I started White Labs, I remember telling um, our head brewer that I hate lagers and he almost slapped me. He's like, how can you hate lagers? Um, but my palate just wasn't refined enough. Um, I would say during the summer months, I really like lagers. During the winters, I like my porters. Um, if I'm just gonna pick a, 
a beer off the menu um, and have no idea or uh, no inclination for a certain type of beer, it'll probably be an IPA. Um, I really have been enjoying fruit IPAs as of recently. Uh, and if I'm being completely honest, I'm definitely more of a wine or whiskey girl. Yeah, that's, I'm trying to mix up a whole bunch of different types, different styles, and I'm building a keezer, which is a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess, so, we have folks who are listening in who are, I never thought about that area about going into brewing. If somebody asked you, at this, now, considering what you know, and what you didn't know before, uh, Dr. White's uh, major professor told you about uh, brewing, I asked you to consider that. How, would, how might you uh, advise folks to look into options, whether it's a postdoctoral fellowship or even positions in, in breweries or other, other industries associated with brewing and what's the best way to go about being successful in finding a job? Um, I would say put your feelers out there. Uh, I mean, I was lucky, like I said, White Labs didn't even have a disposition um, posted. So if I was looking for this role, I wouldn't have been able to find this role. It, it, it was very much um, serendipitous in that aspect. Um, as a undergrad, I feel like maybe because I didn't go to an ag school, but I didn't really think nearly as much about food science as um, I probably should have. And I feel like people at ag schools probably are like, duh, food, food science. But um, at some of um, the more, um, I don't want to say traditional, but the non-ag schools, um, food science doesn't seem to be as big of a, a player in the science department. Um, and it's just something that you really never think about um, doing, um, but it very much is a way to use science in a really cool way. Um, so I wish I would have looked into food science a little bit more and I love to bake, I love to cook um, and reading like the food lab um, cookbook was one of the coolest things to do when I started this position. Cause I was like, wow, this is, Awesome to think about how baking is baking soda is different than baking powder and how that will affect my muffins, for instance, and how they rise. Um, I would say that again, networking is key. So if somebody wanted to get into this industry, it doesn't even if there isn't positions available, just keeping in contact with um, whoever they might be able to find. Um, did that answer your question? Yeah, I, I think it. the message I got from you is that you're not always going to be able to find things, but you have to really search some of these things out. Maybe more people are looking for those uh, types of positions or maybe they're posting those types of positions now, but yet nonetheless, you send your feelers out, let people know you're interested in those things because somebody's going to know somebody who knows somebody that type of thing and, and how it, it can work out and you find an area that just totally blows your mind that you had no idea that you, you'd go into. Yeah, I think um, the thing that um, anybody kind of with a, a PhD or 
a master's in science also needs to understand though, is if you're going into the brewing industry, you have to remember that you're going into the brewing industry. So your pay is going to be smaller than if you were going to go into industry or academia. But um, like I mentioned before, this industry is such an amazing industry where um, the camaraderie, the work-life balance, the ability to not kill mice anymore. Um, there are a lot of really cool benefits to this, this industry that um, outweigh that. Um, so it really, the yin and the yang again. Yeah, yeah, two sides to every everything, and but yet nonetheless, if the bottom line is you're happy, that's the most important thing. So I have two more questions. So one question is, have you considered being a beer judge or are you, did you do the BJCP course to be a beer judge? Did the BJCP course at the very beginning of my career. Um, and I actually stopped judging probably a year into my, um, my career here at White Labs. Um, I love judging. It's a lot of fun. Um, it's just also a lot of work and a lot of drinking. Um, so I kind of stopped doing that. One of my colleagues, Kara Taylor, though, she um, always goes to GABF, the Great American Brew Festival, every October and is one of the judges there. And it's, it's pretty cool that she gets to do that. And she, she loves it. Um, so I do think it kind of takes um, a specific mindset to want to do that all the time. It's just, it's fun to do. But all those different styles of beer that you have to get your palate used to. I think that's, yeah. that's, that's great, very challenging, but you never, you never know. I'm, uh, I'm thinking about it <laughs> myself just for fun. So my last question, Karen, is, is there a question that you think I should have asked you that I didn't ask? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I think you should have asked me um, what I do for fun. You didn't ask me that. Okay, so, so, so outside of work, you mean? Yeah. Okay, so outside of work, what do you do for fun? <laughs> um, I love the great outdoors, and I also love to bake and cook. Um, I've become really into canning recently, which is kind of weird to say, but um, I'm trying to live that agrarian lifestyle. I'm really lucky in the fact that I actually have a really big backyard here at White Labs, or not White Labs, in San Diego. Um, so I have seven chickens. I have... Uh, 10 tomato plants, six corn plants. Um, so I'm, I'm planning on doing some really good uh, canning this summer. So Karen, I, I think that's a great thing to end on that of your interest out, out, out of doors. And you did mention that you like muffins and learned about that and that's great. So I would like to thank my guest, Dr. Karen Fortman for sharing her career path from her original scientific interests as an undergraduate and graduate student to now applying your scientific training as a senior scientist at White Labs. I also thank all of you for joining us on this podcast today. Remember, you can find us on the Indiana University School of Medicine's website, SoundCloud, and an Apple podcast under IUSM Pathways. Also, in addition to the audio from our broadcasts, for some of our interviews, we've captured the video as well. You can see these on the IUSM Pathways YouTube channel. Join us next time on Pathways as we explore the career path of another professional 
who holds a PhD in the sciences, and how they use their education and background to land in their current and very exciting position. I'm Randy Brutkowitz. The theme music for Pathways, Supernova, was composed by Aaron Brutkowitz. Pathways is a production of the Indiana University School of Medicine.